Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hey everybody and welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast number 41. This is your host, Jessica Tai, and today I have with me the one and only Derek Tai. Hey, how's it going everybody? <laughs> so exciting to have him on here today. It has been quite a few episodes since think, you've been on. What, five or six? And I, don't I don't know. You've done a bunch since... I've lost uh, track. <laughs> I listen to him in the car when I'm driving, so I know... I can't remember how many it's been since I heard my own voice, which I think everybody hates their own voice, especially right. when you hear it recorded. You're like, oh, do I really sound like that? I know. I feel that way about mine too. So, <laughs> so anyway, we have episode number 41 today. So, Derek, before we get into the episode, what have you been doing? Like, why have you not been helping me out? <laughs> well, I, I guess so in the uh, real estate world, this is the spring market, which is great. So we uh, had a ton of uh, sellers reach out to us, want us to list their properties. And through our team, we've listed about 20 homes over the last 90 days. And all those houses hitting the market, multiple offers, as everybody knows out there, it's not a ton of inventory on the market, so we've been very fortunate to get a bunch of those listings and get them on the market and control that. Mm-hmm. So, And then we have a bunch of buyers uh, also that have wanted to jump on all those listings coming on the market. So it's been a, it's been a very busy 60 days, and we also uh, spent a few days in Indianapolis, two days in Indianapolis on a leadership training, uh, doing uh, learning how to be better presenters uh, as a real estate group and uh, to do some presentations here in Cincinnati. So I'd say it's been a very full time, plus our rental properties. Uh, we've had a surge of people wanting to spring break with us yeah. and, and come out. And uh, we've had a lot of adventures out there where people <laughs> want some special requests and went in early or out late and everything else in between, uh, transitioning our cleaning staff that's been out there and uh, managing five kids uh, and all their spring break and everything. And then we took that trip to, uh, you know, uh, Red, uh, not Red River Gorge, but Hawking Hills. Hawking Hills. So I think we yeah. talked, I think that's the last time I, I was think on that here. Might be the we last, had just gotten yeah. back from that, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I'd say the last three, four weeks has been extremely busy. It yeah. has been extremely busy. And yeah, the rental property thing, our vacation rentals, which I know we've talked on here at length about in the past, but um, both of those properties have been, they've been rented out with very few days in between, you know, here and there, we'll have a break, um, which is great because then we have time to get somebody out there and get them cleaned and, you know, get get any, we've had some repairs being done and just little things that you find that you need to do. Or, I mean, if you can imagine having two other houses that, you know, like your own personal residence, you're, there's always things, right? Like heating and air conditioning system. Right. Or like, right. Like ours currently, or like you'll have a, you know, leaky, leaky toilet or Or electrical outlet stops working. Right. Or just all these little things. Right. And so you multiply that by three and now you've got that three times that's so, but when you're renting them as vacation rentals, like we can't just 
hire somebody and say, you know, yeah, just tell us when you're going to show up because we may have somebody in the house from Thursday through Sunday. And so we have to get a contractor out there on maybe the only free days that week that the house doesn't have people occupying it are Monday and Tuesday. So we have to say, listen, we have a Monday and Tuesday window. You've got to get out there and get this fixed. Mm, That's been quite an adventure, just trying to to work those things in. and, And then we're trying to work on finishing the lower level of the cabin, which is going to be awesome because it's beautiful and full work walkout, big windows. I mean, it's going to be beautiful. But man, trying to fit contractors in to, to do framing and run electric in the walls and get the plumbing done and there'll be another full bath down there. So like doing all that stuff is crazy trying to find time in between guests that are staying. And then most often, a lot of times when I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, you know, oh, what's that you're eating? Or, you know, why are you not eating that pasta or you know, why are you not eating the bread on, you know, because I get a lot of work functions Mm -hmm. and I just have to make the best out of what I have there. So a lot of times I'll just put the bread aside or I'll put the pasta salad aside or I'll do whatever because I want to eat my keto lifestyle. And someone's like, hey, why are you doing that? And then I get to tell them a little bit about, you know, what I do and how I eat and everything. But the reason I mention that is, uh, you know, it gives me an opportunity to talk to people about kind of a whole nutritional lifestyle that people aren't aware of. So it's been kind of fun, too, over time to introduce that to people in, in gentle ways. But then they're like, how do you do that? And your wife actually cooks these kinds of meals for your kids. And then you guys, it's like, and you guys have rental properties. Like, how do you do all that? So Okay, I'm glad you tied the rental property because I was just going to say, like, I don't even understand what well, the, the thing is, rental, rental properties take so much time by itself. Because we were just in, talking about rental properties and all of a sudden no, you're like, but, and when I'm eating, my keto. <laughs> no, but here's the, here's the thing is the reason I tied that in is like, those are like full-time jobs almost. Yeah, they are. And then you stick that plus trying to actually cook real meals mm-hmm. and try to prepare real meals and... I mean, and then owning a business and everything else, I'll tell you, it's just a very busy lifestyle. And I think that's really where it comes down to. You got to do stress management and all this other stuff that we talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. And when I listen to your podcast, I try to, it helps remind me like, oh yeah, I do need to get into the infrared sauna tonight. Oh yeah, I need to do some deep breathing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need to go do some light exercise. I went on a walk yesterday. It's the first time I've actually gone on a walk by myself. I can't even remember how long, but that was good for me. Mm -hmm. I've gone with you a couple of times, but just by myself, Went for like a half an hour, 45 minute mm-hmm. walk and actually talked to neighbors. That was really weird. <laughs> I mean, it was good, right? right like, is right. this stuff you're supposed to be doing? Right. And so anyway, that's kind of my uh, long winded way to say that we're busy, but it's fun and also interesting to me that we're still trying to keep up with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it is interesting. The stress, the stress has a big effect on you, though. Um, I know for myself specifically, I've noticed, you know, I've been under a lot of stress in the last several months. Um, it's pretty much all self inflicted. So I'll own that. It's not like, uh, you know, most of it isn't anything that I haven't brought on myself. But of course, kind of our, our, uh, medical struggles with our daughter, of course, we didn't bring those on ourselves. And that was completely out of the, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't have predicted that we didn't know that stuff was coming. So that's been an added stress. But we, before those things happen, we had brought on these rental, these vacation rental properties and kind of been doing that. And that was a lot of fun. I mean, it's still fun. I really enjoy it, but it definitely with all the other things on our plate, it's definitely added to that. And then of course my nutritional therapy practitioner stuff, you know, I'm in the very final weeks of that and leading up to the the final exam and, and doing all that stuff. So that's a lot of, 
I mean, that has been absolutely my number one stressor in I don't even, but it, it ends up making a lot of other things stressors, like this podcast, for instance. I I love doing this podcast, and I think it's, this is, I just really want to get the information out there and allow people to hear this, and and I, I'm just something I'm passionate about, and I feel like, like, okay, the reason I'm doing it, one of the perfect examples is uh, where you were there at Gabby's soccer game this yeah, Saturday. Somebody said, hey, I've been listening. Yeah, to this, this woman him. that is on my daughter's uh, soccer team, or her daughter is on my daughter's soccer team, and I've known her through, uh, since the girls were in preschool, seen her off and on through different, you know, we kind of live in the same community, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see her that often unless we're at some kid of you know centered event or something and she came up to me and just said hey i just wanted to let you know you know i've lost x amount of weight since you know since this date and i've been listening to what you're talking about and i i saw your posts that you put out on social media and so i've been following that my sister-in-law or some i think it was her sister-in-law she said maybe um has also been doing it and she's lost all this weight and she's gotten rid of all these health concerns and she's like i just feel so much better now than i that i have my energy is better and i just feel better in my skin again and all this and and i just you know i wanted to like cry listening to her because that that's the stuff like i don't get to hear probably 99 percent of those stories right like i don't get to but having her come up to me during that soccer practice and tell me that our soccer game was just like that's awesome like that's why I do this so I love doing this podcast and it's super fun for me but because of all the other added stressors sometimes this becomes a stressor because then I'm like oh my gosh I have all this stuff to do and I have to study and I have all this schoolwork I have to get done and this got to be my number one thing but I'm also trying to take care of my girls and I want to go on the field trip with this one and then I need to go on the field trip with that one and and then oh my boys need this and now spring sports have started up and then and then I'm like ah when am I going to have time to record this podcast so it so it kind of makes other things be a stressor so I know it's just a season right now that I'm in and we're in as a family and uh, I'm really looking forward to graduating the NTA course and being done with that and uh, and having that I've it's been invaluable I've learned so many amazing things through this course and it's going to be incredible uh, going forward for myself and for clients. I know it's really developed me much, much further as a health and nutrition coach. And I'm very grateful for that. It's, it is just really awesome. But I'm going to be really glad when that stress is done. <laughs> mm. You know? I'm with you. I, I, you know, I kind of think too, like, I know a lot of people like, you know, I used to go on Facebook a lot. I don't do it as much anymore. So if anyone out there is posting things i'm not ignoring on purpose but uh anyway that's my disclaimer i just rarely ever go on facebook and look anymore but i guess my point was going to be um i know there's a lot of people that out there and they're like they keep posting their woes of life and Mm -hmm. i understand there are real legitimate heartaches that are happening with people i know right now and i totally get that there are other people though it seems like the, as long as I've ever known them, they're always posting negative things. Like mm-hmm. it's, and I don't think there's anything wrong with if going through junk in your life. Everybody does. We're in our season. It's just busy and a little stressful. Uh, the big thing is, I think, is kind of finding those positive beacons in your life yeah. and saying, okay, what's my big why in my life? Like in mm-hmm. our, you know, and, and the things I'm working on right now is my perspective has to be number one. You know, what is the end goal? 
Is it to be a better soccer player? Is it to be a better podcaster? Is it, those are things don't even matter. Right. It's like, what is the big picture stuff? These little things, yes, as long as you look at them in the right context, that they are part of the season that you're in and they're part of things that we're going through, it's okay. So I guess the reason I mention that is I like to look at the positive things, the silver lining, and you and I have a lot of positive things that are coming yes. up very soon, Yes, including your low-carb cruise, which yeah. actually I'm thinking about that today. It's going to be really fun just to get away, just the two of us, for seven days, get to go to <laughs> Honduras and all these cool places. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be really fun, which is also a stressor for me. <laughs> hey, it's not supposed to be. Oh, I know. It's going to be so fun, and I hate to sound like, uh, you know, like I'm whining about this, like, oh, cry me a rib. You got to go on a cruise, wah, you know, but, but it is kind of a stressor. Like I, you know, I've got all this stuff on my plate and I am super honored and excited to have been invited to be a speaker on this cruise. But at the same time, it's like, okay, now here's what I'm going to be speaking on. Now I need to come up with a speech and I am, I think I've told you guys before, I am, I never feel like I'm good enough. Like I never do anything well enough. And I am always really, really hard on myself to make everything the best. Like I want, I'm a people pleaser. So I don't want anybody to be at my speech at that low carb cruise and feel disappointed that they listen to it. Like I want people to leave. They're like, oh, that was fantastic. I learned something from that. You know, it was great. And I need to, well, I need to step away from that. And I need to, that's pressure I put on myself. Yeah, well, and I was just in this leadership uh, class this week in Indianapolis. And they talked about when you're presenting to people, you really got to think, um, you know, what is something that they can take away and benefit mm -hmm. from? But ultimately, like you said, it's not your responsibility that mm -hmm. they I mean, you can put out the greatest content in the world. Somebody's mind might not even be there. Right. They might be thinking about a sick kid at home or their mother passing mm -hmm. away or all these things that happen in life. So we can't own the result. All we can own is what right. we did, our effort. Just like yeah. this podcast. Like today, it's like, you know, you and I are just throwing some things out there to the world. Hopefully there's a couple nuggets of encouragement to somebody right. or somebody enjoys an update or someone's going to enjoy later what content you're bringing but ultimately you know if they don't like it it's not you know that's something that we can't control that and that's going right. to be okay you know right and i like the fact that you do you on your podcast like there i, I get to read some of your fan mail and some of the not fan mail <laughs> and you know it's like you know sometimes the critique is valid and sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a personal opinion and i think you and i have pretty thick skin so we we can kind of sort that no, out i don't really yeah <laughs> I do. You know what? I'd be, you do. I agree. And I'd be lying if I didn't say it, it, if I said it didn't affect me. It does. And I mean, I don't go and read my reviews like almost ever. I'll pull them up every now and then like to read a review on the podcast because I don't even want to see the negative ones. And um, because I don't want it to affect what I'm putting out there and I don't want it to affect how I'm doing it. Like I, I just want to do, like you said, I just want to do me. I'm just going to do my podcast the way I want to do my podcast, the way it's authentic for me. And if someone doesn't like that, there are lots of other choices out there. Go listen to another one. There are plenty of podcasts that have great information that I just can't listen to because I just don't like the delivery. I don't, you know, whatever it is about it, I don't like, but I've never lashed out at those people. I'm just like, they just have a different style than I want to listen to. And that's fine. So then I'll listen to it somewhere else. Well, and I know there's some very famous podcasters that have millions and millions of downloads. And I agree with you. I, I'm at the point where there's seasons in my life where I was like 
just like mm-hmm. I had to consume every word they were saying. Right. And then I started putting it on one and a quarter speed on my podcast player. And mm-hmm. then I just stopped listening because I was like, eh. And now I'm kind of on to something else. So that's another thing, too. I mean, I think people could listen to a couple episodes and go, wow, this is great. And then they go, eh, I wasn't feeling it for a few episodes, yeah. too. And I'm okay with that, too, mm-hmm. for you, you know? Yeah. So anyway. I agree. So anyway, um, so yeah, so that's it. So we can stop talking about all that stuff. But Oh, and then one more really big piece of news, which I did put out on my social media today, actually, is my Fisker, oh, my beloved Fisker. Yeah. yeah, we bought that a couple <laughs> years ago. It was kind of like a kind of a big life goal that we yeah. had. And it was kind of like, hey, if we own it for a little while and we enjoy it. And it was then... a big life goal for me. I had seen the, so a Fisker Karma is a car. It's an electric car, actually. It's a fully electric. It's what they call a serial or a series hybrid. So it does have a gas-powered generator in the vehicle that you can, um, that you can, that will charge you can switch the car over to run to run the gas powered generator that will then regenerate power into the battery pack so the car always runs on the battery packs it's always electric but um but it kind of it works like a locomotive right so it regenerates its own it generates its own power through this generator so anyway um i we saw the first one they they were only made for one year they came out in 2012 and we were visiting derek's family in california in 2012 when i saw the first one in la jolla we were um visiting uh, there we were actually looking at a car dealership there just because they had all these exotic cars and derek and i i know some people are like who cares don't care anything about cars we always have we've always loved cars derek used to do auto crossing i've shown cars off and on most of my life and um this was just one of those cars that I saw out there in La Jolla and was like, oh my gosh, that is, what is that? Never seen it before. And I just fell in love with it. So didn't get, obviously didn't get one then. And just kind of, it was one of those things like one of these days, it's going to be the right time and I'm going to get one. And so we ended up finding the right deal, the right car, the right, we stumbled upon it when we were looking for something else. And two years ago. So it was and, uh, like five years old at that point. Yeah. yeah. And so we brought it home and it was number 62. So those cars, the first 100 of them were signed and and, um, and numbered. And they were uh, the only way you could, those 100 were just special cars. So mine was number 62. It was just a really cool car. Um, beautiful. When we bought it, it only had 8,000 miles on it. And I owned it for two years. And when we, we just sold it this past weekend and it has 10, five, 10,500 miles on it. So it is just, uh, we just barely drove it. Um, we did a lot of shows and stuff with it. I won some pretty pre- prestigious awards with it and just had a really good time with the car, but that was a different season in our life again and so now we're kind of moving into a, a new season and like pickup trucks and horses oh, and goats and everything yeah. <laughs> i mean it's really so it's, we, we kind of so keep reinventing different. ourselves we do and, right i mean it's just you just roll with it right this yeah. is what it brings now so so anyway um the car is still sitting in my garage the shipper will be here in the next couple of days to pick it up um it's leaving on a trailer and heading to where do they live missouri missouri okay yeah, yeah. So that's where it's going to be. I'm sure I will cry <laughs> when it leaves. But I remember crying when it got here, when yeah, it when it yeah. showed up on that semi when we arri- when it yeah. arrived. I literally sat out in the driveway. I couldn't even believe it that was this real, was yeah. my car. Like, yeah, I couldn't and it's it. fun because I think when you buy a used car that's depreciated as much as this one has, and then you go to sell it again. Yeah, you're going to lose a little bit of money, but we had a lot of fun with it. We met a lot of people, oh, yeah. and uh, we we had a lot of fun. We won some car shows. We 
it was kind of a little fun little season in our life for a couple of years that yeah. we got to do something. And now we really honestly, frankly, just don't have the time no. to do car shows mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, okay, enough about our car. So one more thing that we do want to share with you guys uh, before we kind of get into more keto-specific information is you may remember, if you, especially if you follow me on social media, we posted about three months ago that we had bought a brand new mattress uh, called Purple. Purple. Was, and, it was, and it was my idea. Yes, it was Derek's idea. Well, I think they say you should replace your mattress like every... 10 years, 7 to 10. 7 to 10, yeah, something like that. Well, we had had our mattress 8 years, and it was fine. We weren't really having problems with it or anything. It was a nice mattress, but we thought, well, it's probably about time, and uh, we can... Um, get a new mattress. We've been hearing a lot about this purple mattress. And then another one we heard a lot about was called Casper. And so we kind of went back and forth and we ended up settling on purple. And so one of the things that they have is they deliver the mattress and then they have a 100 day guarantee. They say within 100 days, if you do not love your mattress, they will take it back. No questions asked. So you kind of always hear that stuff. And then you think, well, would that really work? Well, we took the gamble. Uh, we got the mattress. I'd say the first night or two, we were like, okay, this could be kind of cool. It was the most mattress yeah. I've ever felt. Oh, yeah. And and one of the things that they talk about with it is it's one of those mattresses where, like, Derek could be jumping up and down doing, you know, jumping jacks on his side of the bed. And I would be laying on my side and couldn't feel anything. And that is the truth. I mean, that thing was so... Shock absorbing. Yeah, it was crazy. But so we, so we slept on it uh, for the three months. And... Just after that first few days, we both had back pain. Like, like I was just waking up in the morning, like my back was kind of dully aching, and mm-hmm. I would wake up with pain almost every morning. And I thought it can't be the mattress. This thing is like amazing. Right? Like, how could it be the mattress? Right. So then we started trying well, to then, experiment. Yeah, like, and then I was having issues with not so much back pain, but neck and shoulder pain. So I thought, well, it's not the mattress, it's probably my pillow. Like maybe I need a new pillow. And so we were kind of doing this, but in that night, in that uh, three month period, uh, we we traveled together once or twice, and then I had to travel. I traveled to DC once and did not have any of the neck and shoulder and back pain on my trip. Then you traveled once yeah. or twice, had and, no back. And pain. then we were just like, it's got to be the mattress. Yeah. But the problem is like. I love the mattress. Like, like the, I, as soon as I lay down at night, I'm like, oh my gosh, right. it's like heaven. So I'm just thinking it's got to be different people's bodies are just set up different for different mattresses. Yeah. You know, it's not like, because it's not a one size fits right. all. Right. I mean, because yeah. we, like you said, I mean, I'd fall asleep every night on that mattress. Like, I, I'm like sleeping on a cloud. It was, it was fantastic. But for whatever reason, and, and it affected me less than it did you. For some reason, you were like having a really hard time with it toward the end of the night. For me, it wasn't like every single night, but I would wake up not feeling great. But I ha- we have a lot of other stuff going on in our lives. So I thought maybe it's just stress. I'm just, it could you be know, a million things. could be a million different we're things. We're working on these rental properties right. and doing all this other right. heavy lifting. and all So this. literally day 99. So there's a 100-day guarantee. On day 99, we reached out to Purple and said, hey... I think we want to return the mattress. We're just not, it's, we're not, you know, we're, we're thinking this is our problem. So they were it's immediately. It's us, not you. <laughs> yeah, right. It's us, not you. We're really sorry. We need to, we need to break up. Mm-hmm. And they were super, super responsive Perfectly. and super nice. And they, I mean, it was, I almost was like, okay, where, when's the foot going to drop, right? Like this cannot be this easy. They, their process was, cause we started thinking like, oh my gosh, if they want us to ship this thing back, it like, weighs a lot. Oh my gosh. And we didn't think about that. We're like, we're gonna have to pay like freight charges. It won't even be worth sending this back. Like, oh, it's going to be a nightmare. So 
I just want to sing their praises. If you are thinking about getting a new mattress, I urge you to try Purple. I You have absolutely nothing to lose. They were so incredibly generous. So what happens is after you're done with, you have several options for how you can quote unquote return the mattress. They don't actually want the mattress back. Um, they want you to donate it or uh, recycle it or there's several different options that you can choose and so we chose to donate the mattress and we we know someone through our church that runs um an organization that was able to use the mattress for a family in need and so they were thrilled to death to get that oh, mattress. yeah it's a nice mattress. yes yeah. like they could not they were like oh my gosh i can't believe you're going to do this and we're like well it's not us it's purple i mean we're they're going to refund all of our money but they're allowing us to donate this to you um and not only did they allow us to donate it to this to this cause but they refunded our money immediately after we sent them the proof that it had been donated. And they sent us a really nice note thanking us for donating the mattress to someone in Instead need. Instead of and it going into a landfill. Yes, and allowing them to be part of helping others. So I, I was like, cool. That's, that that's was a good, amazing. good company. Yes. So I just want to urge you guys. If you have any interest, if you need a mattress now, please reach out to Purple. It is purplemattress.com, I believe. Is there, I'm hesitant now to click around on my keyboard because of feedback. <laughs> so, because of feedback. So, I will put that in the show notes, the link to their website. But if you are interested in a king size or any mattress, any size mattress, go to Purple. You have nothing to lose. So, all right. Well, that's, so that's pretty much it for um, all of our great so we ended up, stuff. So the summary of that story, too, is we ended up buying a Casper mattress. Yeah. And they ended up having it delivered in two days. Yes. And it's about the same price. Uh-huh. And uh, and actually, so when we far, opened so up that mattress and put it out on the bed, we're like, this is like the identical mattress. It feels like, it very similar. It looks and feels exactly the same. However, both of us have woke up every morning Perfect. Feeling I mean, perfect. honestly, so I think it's yeah. just different strokes. For I different think so. Folks, yeah. Man. I, mean, I think it's like... it just, you know, some people need a firmer one. Some people need a softer one. Some people need, you know, whatever it is. And so for us, this mattress just happened. I think the problem is, is we've been together so long. We're like practically the same person. I think so. so we're like left brain, right brain, left arm, right arm. Like... Yes, because it's so and weird. And we do kind of spoon every night. So I know. We'll it's probably a... <laughs> make like one spot in the middle of the. TMI. Yeah, but like you know, like we're together, like on a mattress. Right. It's not like we're in two separate sections or right. something. Right. But... So it's weird that it's that it that this particular mattress didn't work for us, and then this particular mattress for both of us is perfect. I think it's, it's because weird. we sleep the same way. Yeah. yeah. But so now we've had this Casper mattress for almost a week, and it's still absolutely perfect. So we'll keep you updated. But I think this is the winner. All right. Well, let's let, and we will keep you updated. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one, I have a keto lifestyle question that I'm going to read from, and this is a very lengthy question, but I'm going to read this to you guys, and then I'm going to share with you kind of my response to her. So this is from a listener named Jennifer, and her her um, question is, maybe keto questions, maybe lifestyle. She says, uh, I have a strange thing going on and it's pretty specific, I think. I'm not sure what's going on with me. I usually post my question on social media and gets all and get all sorts of opinions, but this is so specific, I feel like I won't get any answers that way. A little background on me. I have been keto for eight months with a great deal of success. As an after-school job, I teach an indoor biking class two days a week. I used to teach a weightlifting class to music, but I have not been able to do that since starting keto. Only coincidentally, because it because of my teenager schedule. So 
It's not that she's weak because of keto. <laughs> and she says, educationally, I have a, match- a master's level speech language pathologist pathologist and work in our school system. All that to say that I am good at learning and research, so I have learned so much about keto. I would love to go through the nutritional practitioner program, but that's down the road and after kids are a little less dependent. Yes, I agree with that. It would be a good idea. Anyway, I also tell you that I am a, um, an SLP so that you know that I know a lot about the head and throat. Um, and anatomy and, and physiology. Okay, so back to my weird problem. I can I transitioned to keto easily back in August. I lost the last 10 pounds that I've been able, unable to get rid of for 15 years. Of course, I was a total calorie in, calorie out believer. I would scream, burn those calories in my bike class. I don't anymore. I struggled with electrolytes at first, but I know that I do better now. For the first six months, I got thirsty and my throat would feel parched. I would grab a bottle of water and downed it, and that did the trick. About two months ago, I got that throaty feeling and the water didn't fix it. I figured I was getting a sore throat. I increased my vitamin C and oregano and other things that you have said to boost immune and didn't get sick, but the throat thing never went away. Here is the best way I can describe it. I feel like my soft palate is swollen. It never hurts, but it feels swollen. On self-examination and examination by a fellow SLP, nothing looks weird, but I might, but it might be more above the palate and the naso, nasopharynx where I can't see. Also, I have tiny tonsils and they've never given me problems. After I decided that it was not a sore throat or illness that was sticking around, I started to pay more attention. It seems to get worse when I eat or drink. Because it is almost a peanut butter in the back of your throat feeling, I thought it might be too much fat, but but it even happens with black coffee. I started drinking way more water and it even happens with pure water. So So fat, no fat, hot, cold, water, Zevia, all of it. Yesterday I fasted for the day. I usually teach my bike class at 5 p.m. in a a fasted state. I love that I can function without food because my class Uh, used to almost make me puke, but with an empty stomach, I am golden. I drank a lot of carbonated mineral water yesterday while fasted, and that would even make it happen. But the fizz at least felt good. I really don't want to go off keto just to see if this helps because I don't think that is it, and I don't want to wreck myself in the process. More history. I am 45. I have had years of regular periods. This last month, I was 13 days late. My husband's had a vasectomy 13 years ago, so that made me very nervous. I don't know if it was related or not. After I read Dr. Davis's book, Undoctored, I started supplementing iodine. Started that back in September with no problems, but I have been reading up that that might be the problem. I heard you talk about the tests that you do to see if someone is mineral deficient by pushing on different parts of the body. Could I be mineral full? Not sure how you would test my soft palate. I am trying to give a really detailed history so you can put the pieces together. I live in the deserts of West Texas, but I have lived here all my life, so that is not a change. Um, I am a Christian, so through Jesus, I have peace and happiness with a great family. I get stressed, but not bad. My blood ketones, Keto Mojo, and I have been very low. Have been very low lately. I have had an eye infection from where my contact was rubbing my eyelid, and I have had steroid eye drops, and I believe that is decreasing my ketones. Or I read a study that showed that it has been shown to raise blood glucose, but I had this throat-coated feeling before the eye drops. I hope you have made it to the end of this. Maybe might be an interesting case study for your class. If I didn't live a thousand miles away, I would come to see you. Let me know if you have any advice or if I seem crazy. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Well, that's a lot. That is a lot. But I mean, it's very interesting though. I mean, especially that somebody would go into that level of detail for you. Because I mean, sometimes you just hearing a few things goes, aha, that's it. But 
that one's a big mystery. I mean, I hear you talking to, um, you know, your NTPs and going through case studies and, and going through all your homework. I've never heard you talk about that kind of scenario before, so... Yeah, so this is a um, this is definitely a, a lot. There's a lot of detail, and some of the things that I definitely that kind of jumped out at me. You guys have definitely heard me talking about this before, and most of you that are regular listeners probably know what I'm going to say next. And what I believe is absolutely it's not just what I believe; it's what I know is absolutely foundational to health. And that is, say it with me, digestion. digestion. I knew you were going to say that. So the interesting part about everything that she wrote about is a lot of the stuff that she's that she's talking about just, I, I'm like, yep, digestion. Yep, digestion. Yep, digestion. Yep, digestion. Like the whole thing. So some of the interesting things that you guys might uh, enjoy about this or might find helpful to you is that I have noticed clinically, like through working with clients, specifically clients that are keto, but not always just keto because like I've told you guys before, I don't only work with people that are ketogenic. I see this with everybody across the board who begins eating whole foods and focusing, you know, through my nutrition practice, I focus with people to get back to eating whole foods, you know, fruits and vegetables and, uh, and, and meats and, you know, healthy fats and proteins. And this is, this is what we're focused on, right? Getting away from, I am, whether you're ketogenic or low carb or not, I am a huge believer in grains are not good for anyone and um, processed food. And processed food. Right. So the only kind of grains that that in my opinion are not detrimental to your health are ones that are properly soaked and sprouted. And even then, I think that needs to be in a very limited quantity. So so, so, so what that kind of brings up and what makes me always have to make sure that I'm clear with people about is when you take processed food and grains and all the carbohydrates that come along like that's like we don't even think about vegetables as carbohydrates like people will say oh so i'm not supposed to eat any carbs i'm like no you are supposed to eat carbs but get them all in vegetable form um so people don't even think of those as carbs they think you know carbs are all the grains and the processed stuff the sugar all those things and they are but um for the most part all of those things are what are easier I don't, so easy, processed foods for sure. And maybe easier isn't the right way to say it. Maybe it's not easier to digest. It's just comes with less issues because there's less processes needed to digest carbohydrates and specifically like grains and sugars and these highly processed foods that are, right, they're like very simple for our bodies to digest. So we start chewing and this digestive enzyme amylase is what is breaking down carbohydrates. That is in your saliva while you're chewing your food. So if you've ever heard people talk about slow down, chew your food really well, it's not just about the masticating it. It's not just about your teeth like breaking it down. It's the chemical breakdown of the food because you want that amylase to have time to really properly work on that food. And you want to be able to be in a, in a very relaxed parasympathetic state to be able to have all of this work properly. So there's a lot of reasons. It's not just about chewing. It's that's not all it's about. So, so anyway, what happens is if you, and then there's further carbohydrate digestion further on through the digestive process. 
But for proteins and fats, they're very differently digested. So the breakdown of proteins and fats with the exception of the chewing does not happen until we get into your stomach and small intestine. So where this becomes kind of an issue and what I see clinically is with specifically ketogenic clients, but like I said, pretty much everybody, is once you get away from those very easily digested foods in comparison, after being on more of a whole foods diet or a ketogenic diet, I would say about six months or longer is when people can start to see these issues pop up. Because I feel, and I don't know, I don't have any scientific evidence to back this up. I don't have, I've never read a study about it. They may exist. I just haven't looked it up. But I feel like just knowing just what I've seen through working with people seems like six months or so that must have something to do with your body must have about six months of the of the ability or maybe some people it's a little longer for me it was longer I think probably closer to 10 months to a year uh, which we'll get into in a second but where your where your liver, your intestines, your stomach, all of these things are able to keep up with the demand for a while. And then somewhere after six months, it's like, that's it. I can't do it anymore. Or you've got too much buildup or too many, it starts affecting too many different systems. And then the breakdown starts happening. And where I see this manifesting is in questions like Jennifer's here, uh, or I'll see it in a lot of clients that feel like they're stalling in weight loss, like they're trying, like they were doing so great with weight loss, and then all of a sudden they can't get rid of that last ten. Yes, five, they're like, uh, I don't know what's happening. I can't, or not even they can't get rid of it. They'll actually start to see weight come back on, yeah. and that but they is haven't, they haven't increased anything. Right, they're like, I haven't changed anything. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, and I don't. And I have also experienced this, so I'm. I understand it and I and I totally get it and and it's a real thing it's not in your head and you're not doing anything wrong. But I believe that it goes back to digestion across the board. I believe 100% for every person I've seen this happen to, it comes back to digestion. And I think with Jennifer, it's exactly what's happening. Um, she's been keto for 8 months. She's got uh, all these um, everything's been great. She had all this stuff happen and then all of a sudden She's got these numerous things that are all by themselves seem kind of benign and no big deal. But when you put it all together, you're like, ah, okay, I see where the breakdown is. I see what's happening. So one of the things that happens is when we, when our, when our liver gets overwhelmed, so our liver is our major detox organ in the body, right? We have other detox organs. We have the skin, the kidneys. There's lots of other ways that we detox, um, the lymph system, but our liver takes the brunt of it. Like it, it is it, it, our liver has so many functions, like it's like some 500 functions, right? In our body. So it is, it does so many different things, but one of the major, two of the major functions that our liver is very integral for is digestion and uh, detox. And when we cannot properly digest things, our liver gets overwhelmed and gets congested and then can also then not detox. So I think that what happens is when we, we get this window of time, maybe it's six months for some people, maybe it's a year, um, you know, whatever it is, where you're, you're trucking along really well, but then that liver becomes so congested that it can no longer 
do what it needs to do and it's just been you know barely limping along and then you start seeing these things pile up so for instance someone that hits a weight loss plateau especially when being ketogenic and they they or they start to put on weight and they they feel like oh man i i don't know what's going on and i i don't know what's happening your liver gets overwhelmed it can no longer um, if you're not digesting the fats <clears throat> and you're not able to, uh, people also start to see their blood, their ketone levels decrease. And again, I have no scientific information to back this up, but I also believe that this can be linked to this where your liver is just um, not able to do to be able to, to convert that into ketones and get it out for you to be used for energy the way it should be. And you're not absorbing, like your large intestines are not working properly. So you're not absorbing the fats properly and able to use these. So then what happens is your liver becomes congested and puts, puts that in the fatty deposits in your body. So I think that this is where we're seeing these plateaus or these weight gains on keto when people feel like they haven't changed anything. Or at least, maybe it's not the whole problem, but at least I think that this is contributing to that. I think this is one possible reason that people could be seeing these plateaus and this and this happening at around this kind of stage in the game on keto. And maybe somebody sees it a whole lot earlier. I guess, you know, it could depend on what state was your liver in prior to becoming keto and, um, you know, how, how has that been working out? Because if you're, if you already had like some, uh, you know, bioflow issues and your gallbladder perhaps was already, um, kind of, um, wasn't just just is not functioning properly your biliary pathways are not open well um you know your your bile is kind of sludgy and not um you know is not being released well or easily or properly um then you this could affect you maybe much earlier on in your keto journey than some people i mean maybe even from the very get-go so um, I think that's definitely something we need to consider when we're thinking about um, whether or not a ketogenic diet or any diet is working for you or not working for you. This also, when your liver cannot properly detox your body or cannot, um, or it begins getting overwhelmed, this is going to affect your immune system, which in Jennifer's case, she mentions that she has a at least one um, infection. She has this eye infection. She said where the contact was rubbing her eyelid. Okay. That is possible that that is what caused the con the, the eye infection. But I would say, how long have you been wearing contacts? And have you ever had an eye infection caused by the contact rubbing your eye before? Why now is the contact rubbing your eye causing this eye infection? Perhaps it's because her immune system is down because her liver is congested and she's not properly detoxing her body. And so her immune system that is typically able to handle a small stress like that couldn't take it this time. So it manifested into an immune response, which is an infection in her eye. So what you're saying though is that not everyone that's on keto long-term is going to have this. It's the people that are on keto long-term and have, have digestive issues that they didn't yes. get corrected already. And this is why I stress it so much. And this is where I really believe. And, you know, listen, I'm not trying to give a plug for myself. But I feel like it is so super important, whether you are working with me or some other nutritional uh, practitioner, specifically a nutritional therapy practitioner because I know what we know and I know what we're taught and I know how important it is to understand all of these things. 
it is so important when you, you know, people, I feel like people listen to the keto talk out there and they think, oh, I can do this. How hard is it? I just eat a bunch of fat, moderate protein, cut all my carbs and sugar out, and I'm going to be great. But this exact thing that like what Jennifer is writing about here are, I see these same types of things over and over and over again from people writing into me. I know that Probably every other keto podcaster out there is getting the same types of people reaching out. And it is the people that are that are trying to do it on their own. And, and I understand that. I understand why. But not understanding that it is so much more nuanced and intricate than just saying, oh, I'm just going to eat high fat, moderate protein, low carb. So if you're someone like that, let's just say, you know, hey, okay, fine. I've tried the keto. This is some stuff I'm stalling on. How do they get their digestion in order? Well, you know, really it comes down to what is going on with their digestion. So it's not the same thing with every person, but uh, you can definitely get a lot of great information regarding digestion. If you go back and listen to the previous episode, episode number 40, uh, I had a guest on TC Hale and he is um, also sings uh, the praises of proper digestion a lot. And he had a lot of great information in that episode. You can go back and listen to that. And you can actually uh, get information in that podcast or in the show notes on his digestive course. He actually offers a digestive course, which currently I do not. I am working on that. Um, Just have a lot on my plate right now. So that may be a few months before I get that out on my website. But for now, definitely highly recommend TC Hale's course. But basically, you could have you could have different issues going on, right? And and any of them are going to affect your digestion, and especially when you start eating whole foods, and real food versus packaged and and processed foods that are already like pretty much void of anything anyway, and they're already kind of broken down. So it's real easy for your for these to get digested in your body, and um, and for that. To be that it doesn't mean that it's good for you but it's easier on your digestive system than actually having to digest real food but uh to start the process of course it comes down to um to what kind of mode are you are you in a parasympathetic or a sympathetic uh state uh, your nervous system so you want to be in a parasympathetic state but unfortunately, most people are not. They're in a chronically sympathetic state, and that includes when they're eating. So that kind of messes with the process right from the get-go, because being in a sympath- in a parasympathetic state is what you need to be in in order for many of these digestive signals to even get uh, relayed, so that these processes start happening as you are beginning to eat, and you need to be able to digest your food. But just starting out. You 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 need um, you need proper digestive enzymes to start working as you're chewing your food. Then as the food um, bolus goes into your stomach, you need to have proper hydrochloric acid and pro- proper enzymes uh, to begin the breakdown process in there, specifically of proteins. Then you need for that, uh, that, that chyme is what now the food is called as it enters your duodenum and your small intestine. Now you need to have, that needs to be at a specific pH uh, or within a specific pH range uh, that you would have if you have the proper uh, HCL ratios in your stomach. And then as that uh, pH enters your, that specific 
pH range enters your small intestine or your duodenum actually, it is going to signal for other digestive processes to happen like uh, bile and um, bicarbonate to, to be released, This uh, more enzymes, more digestive enzymes, the, the bile, all these things come together and now you've kind of got this little explosion that is going to continue to break down the food, the, um, the continued breakdown, the protein. You also get continued carbohydrate breakdown at this point, as well as the bile coming in is there to emulsify the fats. And so, especially on a ketogenic diet, if you are not able to emulsify those fats, break down those fats, then that becomes a whole nother issue that you're now dealing with. So all of this stuff plays a role in it, and it's and and there are ways that you can um, use nutrition to help you be able to get these processes online. There are ways that you can use supplementation to help you get these processes back online. There are lifestyle changes that you can make, um, like learning, you know, helping to teach your body to get into that parasympathetic state. There are things that you can do prior to eating. There are things you can do during eating. I mean, there's there's lots of different ways that you can work on getting this digestion digestion um, process back to where it needs to be. So that's kind of everything in an overview, but it's also why it's important to be working with a professional that can help you navigate all these things and figure out what is the part of digestion that is not working well for you. Is it all of the parts? And if that's if that's the case, then what should you be looking at first? What part should you be trying to fix before the other part? Should you work on all of them at the same time? You know, are there nutritional things you should try first? Should you just go straight to supplementation? It's there's it's very nuanced and and it's very complicated. But to specifically continue to address Jennifer's um, concerns and questions, I do want to just go back real quick and just touch on, as I don't think I ever wrapped up this thought, but when it comes to the ketones, she mentions that her ketone production is low. And um, and I said that we can see that uh, sometimes as... Um, you know, as you kind of hit a plateau or your, uh, if your liver is specifically congested or you're having issues with that. But I also want to mention that uh, ketone production being low, uh, first of all, it could be many, many different things. One of the things she mentions is that she's on steroids. So steroids do uh, raise your blood glucose. So those steroids, the medication that she's on could absolutely um, be affecting the ketone level for sure. It also could just be, you know, once you have become fat adapted, and this has been my experience as well, is your ketone levels can tend to fall. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. As long as you are still within, you know, a nutritional ketosis, um, I don't really see the problem in it with it at all. I mean, I will frequently uh, measure below one <clears throat> millimole on my ketones on my ketone meter, and I'm just really not concerned about that. Um, to me, again, there's not a lot, a lot of scientific research behind this yet, but to me, that would indicate that you are very effectively using the ketones. Um, <clears throat> there are certainly ways that you can artificially in, increase your ketone readings. And by artificially, I mean you can get a, a, you know, a pump up of the ketones in your blood by either taking exogenous ketones. So those are like, you know, the, the ketone drinks and stuff that you can take, the ketone, the uh, ketone esters, the salts. Um, or by taking copious amounts of MCT oil, 
that can also raise the ketone level uh, temporarily in your blood. It can show you know that you've got all these ketones. But again, I think that that is because you're not utilizing those ketones. So they're gonna you're gonna get these really large levels in your blood <clears throat> that or your breath that is an indication of you know perhaps what is not being used for energy. Okay, but to get back to her specific question on the soft palate um, issues, so the reason that I feel like this comes down to digestion as one of the potential things that could be affecting this is because myself, I myself have experienced um, something similar to what she's describing. And, um, and I have noticed this happening to me when I have, when I do a longer fast, so at least 24 hours, so 24 to 48 hours or more is when I will notice the sensitivity on my soft palate and it is the soft palate. So if you feel your, the top of your mouth, you've got a hard palate in front and then you've got this soft palate, you kind of have a ridge and then there's like the soft palate behind it. That is kind of, she described it as the, um, what did she say it's about the peanut butter? Like it feels like, um, oh, I can't find where she yeah, says. She said like a peanut butter in the back of the throat. Yeah, it, it, that is kind of what it's like. But for me, it gets more intense than that. It doesn't just feel like something stuck back there. It it actually starts to get quite painful. And the more I try to eat, the more it hurts. And so I've learned I have to go really, really super slow or start with bone broth or a soup or something like that. So I know for myself specifically, I do not make enough hydrochloric acid. That is the stomach acid that you need to help break down food, specifically protein. I am currently healing my uh, digestive tract. So I am on a supplement that is working on healing my digestive tract and some other issues that I have going on. So I'm currently not supplementing with HCL. So I know that I don't have enough HCL going into my digestion, and so that is causing me problems. So how do you know if you have HCL problems? Well, typically that what you'll experience is bloating, gas, acid reflux feelings, um, uh, um, let's see, like GERD, um, things like that. Those are typical for uh, having low hydrochloric acid production. Now, some people, to help correct that, you can just do things like take um, apple cider vinegar, either before you can actually take apple cider vinegar, like a, a, a couple of teaspoons of it before you eat or in water, you can do that. I personally can't do that. So I have done um, apple cider vinegar pills. You can get capsules of it. So you can take a couple of those. And with some people, that is enough to trigger hydrochloric acid production again. But for others of us like me that are a little bit too far gone, the apple cider vinegar is not enough of a kick to get things moving. So I am gonna to have to actually supplement with hydrochloric acid. So what happens though, is when you don't have enough hydrochloric acid production, you are unable to break down your food and pull nutrients out of it. So this is another part of this that I believe is complicating things for Jennifer as, as well as myself is without those minerals, because she even says, you know, you've talked about these testing and, and that's a functional evaluation that we are able to do. Um, you have different um, FE points on your body that we can manipulate and, and you can figure out if there's things going wrong, but you would not manipulate someone's soft palate to see if they had digestive issues linked to the soft palate. There's other things that you would do. So it's much more complicated than, than just 
pinpointing an area on the body and going, oh, this hurts, let's figure out what goes with this. Um, but specifically what happens when you don't have enough hydrochloric acid is you can't break down the food and you can't pull the nutrients, uh, so the vitamins and minerals out of that food and you're unable to have all of those. Now she said in the beginning she was having issues with, um, with electrolytes and so she believes that's under control. I would wager that it's actually not under control and that she is probably um, more than likely is lacking in some vitamins and minerals and that that is because if you don't have good digestion you just will be it's just part of it but specifically with hydrochloric acid production you need zinc and you need calcium but the kicker of that is you need those two nutrients um, specifically to produce hydrochloric acid but if you don't have enough hydrochloric acid you're not digesting food or the supplements you're taking in order to get the calcium and the zinc in order to produce the hydrochloric acid. So it's this this vicious cycle, right? Like you just can't do it. So um, supplementation of hydrochloric acid is really important in this instance because you need to help your body be able to break down all of this food that you're bringing in and the supplements you're bringing in so that it can then begin to make its own again. So if I'm, uh, let's say today I say, okay, I'm going to self-test on my digestive abilities to see how I'm digesting mm-hmm. food. What's my first step in getting a test or testing myself? Well, really the most telltale signs are just, if you have any digestive issues at all, then your digestive's not working right. So digestion should be so, should work so easily that there should be, you should have no gas, no bloating, uh, you know, it means no burping, you should have no nausea after you eat, um, just none of those types of things. You should be going to the bathroom regularly, having regular bowel, mo- bowel movements, and uh, they should not be hard or difficult to pass bowel movements. Uh, they should not be too soft or um, or go too frequently. So there, there's lots of different ways like that. I mean, without actually having to test anything, if you have any of those things going on, then that tells you right there you have digestive issues. And of course, there are things that you can do with supplementation. Um, you know, there's a I've talked about it before on here, where you can take betaine HCL capsules um, or tablets, and you can you know work on figuring out. Um, you know, if you've got hydrochloric acid insufficiency that way, uh, you can do things with. Um, trying to help your bile flow get better and kind of testing to see how, you know, if, if that how, if there's things that you can do that could help with your bile flow, um, there's coffee suppositories, coffee enemas that you can do to kind of help try to kind of get those biliary pathways moving and kind of get the any of the sludginess maybe that's kind of keeping those from functioning well. You kind of get that stuff moving. So there's all kinds of different things that you can do that that you can kind of Uh, get things moving in the right direction and you can kind of see if you do some of these little tests if um, if that is your problem or not so this is kind of this is a this is also an area though where really working with some type of a professional some type of a nutritional coach um, you know and uh, someone that is going to be able to help you kind of work through this and understand these things is really important because just because you have loose stool or you have diarrhea several times a day does not mean that you have um, poor bile flow 
but it could mean that you have poor bioflow. It could also mean that you have um, a zinc deficiency, which perhaps is where you're seeing a, a low hydrochloric acid production. And so you're not able to pull the zinc out of the foods and which would make sense because like we just talked about, you can't even make the hydrochloric acid without the zinc. So it could be something like that. And in this particular instance that that we're talking about here with, with um, this person is that um, we could, you know, she could be having potentially issues that she's describing because of a low zinc, uh, because of a zinc deficiency. So one of the things that you can have through improper digestion is it can lead to issues like adrenal fatigue um, and and adrenal insufficiency where you're having issues with with that and adrenal fatigue can lead to depletion and other minerals and vitamins like calcium and zinc and even magnesium so when you have improper levels of those minerals in your body you can have issues specifically with zinc. You can have histamine issues um, and bad, uh, you know, histamine responses because your um, a zinc deficiency will allow more histamine to be released into the uh, tissue fluids that are in your body. And so, one of the even potential things that could be going on with her is that maybe she has a zinc deficiency and that is causing this irritation to her soft palate and the fluids around the soft palate. It's not un unusual to have histamine reactions in your um, you know, nasal cavity area, in the back of your throat, in the top of your, you know, your soft palate area, around your tonsils, all those types of things. So, so this could, you know, could potentially even be linked to something like that, as simple as that. And, you know, I also want to bring up the fact that, or in, kind of in here, while we're talking about zinc deficiencies and we're just kind of talking about overall, it could be mineral deficiencies and your inability to pull these minerals and vitamins that you need from your food, is that in, in nutritional therapy, we also look at things like um, if you have difficulty swallowing, if you have like that lump in your throat feeling, dry mouth, dry eyes or nose, you gag easily, those types of things that are very similar to an issue with the soft palate, you know, same area, same kind of uh, general um, idea is we look at those as having mineral deficiencies. So specifically with things like, um, specifically for things like the lump in the throat or dry eyes and mouth, those types of things, we look at a potassium insufficiency is a major one. So um, you know, she could certainly be having issues with potassium. And so thinking that she has all of the electrolytes um, fixed just because maybe um, you're not having muscle cramping. And so you think, oh, okay, well, I must, everything must be good. You know, I must have good levels of um, magnesium now. And so everything's good. But we have to remember too, that all of these minerals need to stay in this very delicate balance. And so, um, you know, sometimes we can have too much of one and not enough of another. And so some of these things that we may be going through can kind of give us clues on what's going on um, if we're not doing specific testing for those things. So, um, you know, definitely I would look at the um, at the idea that perhaps there's some difficulty in the, or that there's some insufficiency in potassium or some other minerals. So, um, 
you know, it's definitely something to think about and, and know that that could certainly be a potential. And often fixing something like this, like any of these insufficiencies, is just comes down to something as simple as fixing digestion. Um, it see, even though I say as simple as that, it's really not that simple. It's really, it's very complicated. So it's really hard to know exactly where all of this is coming from, but it's why I kind of always tie everything back to digestion because as you can see, all of this, it's like a catch 22. It, you have to have the digestion to have all of these minerals and vitamins, but you have to have all the minerals and vitamins to have the proper digestion. So it's just, it's why it's such an important foundation in our health and, and wellness. So in my case, for instance, I know that I have had candida overgrowth. I have had some uh, you know, hydrochloric acid production issues. I have some bile flow issues. I have a lot of things going on in there. And so in addition to getting my digestion corrected, I need some healing properties as well. And so I feel like um, that there's a probably a lot that happens when I do fasting that maybe irritates or aggravates isn't the right thing to say, but that kind of um, magnifies some of these issues that I am having. So then when I go back to eating, I experience some of these, some of these things like the soft palate issue. And really, it could be that that's a healing process that's going on. And then when I reintroduce um, the eating and the chewing of my food, that if it is uh, too too much for my, my body to break down at that time, that it is um, affecting that soft palate that is you know potentially healing or trying to, to heal. So one of the reasons that I think that it could be affected specifically by digestion is that um, if you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in your stomach, then um, it, that is what the hydrochloric acid, the, the acidity in your stomach is actually what triggers the closing of your esophageal sphincter. So that is just above your stomach and that is there to protect the tissue of your esophagus and kind of on up your throat. So um, if it doesn't trigger that sphincter closing because you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in there, even though you need this very acidic environment to break down the food, it doesn't mean that even if it's not as acidic as it should be, that it's not at least somewhat acidic. And then that acid um, that doesn't you know, trigger that sphincter to close can still come up into your esophagus and into your throat and can still cause damage to other areas of your digestive tract, which I would suspect could include the back of your throat, your soft palate, that area. Um, that acid is not supposed to be in that area, even if it is not quite as harsh as what it should be in the range of like one to I think about 3.5 um, on the pH scale. And you know what, maybe that's not, and maybe it really isn't from the lack of hydrochloric acid and maybe it's not the irritation, but maybe going back to like the zinc deficiency, maybe it is a deficiency in a mineral that her body needs and has set off something else like a histamine reaction or um, it could be anything like that or, or some type of an immune response. Like, you know, maybe it got damaged at some point with something that she ate or, 
there's something else going on that perhaps there is some kind of um kind of like a uh, like an overactive immune response that's happening with this soft palate area so i don't think that it's keto that's causing this at all i 100 percent with you know pretty much 100% certainty and confidence can say that you don't need to walk away from keto that's not the problem but that the problem may be just being able to digest those keto foods and get everything out of them that you need but i definitely agree with her when she says she doesn't want to go back to the carbs and wreck herself um i totally agree and i think that's exactly what would happen um i also think that it goes in line with you did mention that you um you started supplementing with iodine after you read the Dr. Davis's book Undoctored. So I'm not sure if you actually did any testing that told you you needed iodine or if you just started doing that. Because if you don't need iodine and you're supplementing with iodine, you know, I don't know, perhaps um, that's something that you may not want to be doing. Maybe there's, um, you know, I told you you need, uh, you need zinc in order to be able to produce hydrochloric acid. Um, testing on myself, I am uh, very zinc deficient, severely deficient, um, which is not surprising to me. I would suspect that perhaps you're zinc deficient. That could have an effect on any of your mucous membranes in your body. Any of these minerals and, and these vitamins not being present could affect all of these areas. So to do an iodine test, um, you can get a tincture, an iodine tincture. You wanna get a 2% iodine tincture. And you're pretty much gonna be able to pick this up at any drugstore, any pharmacy, um, anywhere like that, they'll have an iodine tincture. You're gonna to wanna to paint a two to three inch square of this brown iodine on a thin skinned area of your body. So like your forearm, your abdomen, your thigh, you know, maybe your um, groin area, somewhere that you can kind of hide it. Um, if you don't want people to see it, that's fine. And you'll just watch that over the next 24 hours. And if it starts to fade or disappears within that 24 hours, then that tells you that you have an iodine deficiency and you're gonna to wanna to start supplementing or eating some more foods that are going to give you the iodine. And then you would, um, ever so often, you can continue to uh, test with the iodine patch and see if, if you continue to need it. You can also just continue to put that iodine patch on every day until it stops going away. Because your body, what's happening is when you're iodine deficient, your body is sucking in that iodine that you just put on your skin. That's why it goes away. So if you have an iodine patch on your arm and you notice two hours later it's gone, you are definitely in need of iodine because your body just sucked all of that up that it could as quickly as it could. Didn't you tell me a story about somebody painting that on their kids after they get in the pool or something? Yeah, yeah. So there are, um, you know, there it's during the, the summer months, we can get depleted of iodine because one of the things that will deplete our iodine is chlorine and bromine. So water in pools chlorine or bromine. So when you're swimming a lot in the summer and kids especially, they will be they will become very iodine deficient. And you can do this 
same skin patch on your kids. It's perfectly safe. You put it on, you do this, and if they, uh, if that iodine patch disappears in less than 24 hours, you have a severely iodine deficient child. So you can just keep painting. They don't have to take a supplement. What's, what's, you can just paint the iodine tincture they'll on. They'll think that's fun. You can right. put a little pattern on there. Yeah. So what what's a problem like? What would a problem of low iodine mean for a kid? What would a manifested symptom be for them? Yeah, sure. So um, iodine deficiency can show up in all kinds of different ways. Um, some of the symptoms of iodine deficiency could be like, um, let's see, you can have dry skin, um, headaches could be from iodine deficiencies, uh, decreased immunity. So you need iodine for good immune function, depression, um, thinning hair. So if you're uh, losing a lot of hair, have thinning hair, that can be an issue. Constipation can be an issue. Um, that's kind of one of those things. So iodine is used, it's a, it's a trace mineral and it's essential for thyroid health. So for your thyroid hormones, it helps to, um, regulate the metabolic activities for pretty much every cell in our body. And it's really super important with kids because um, iodine deficiencies can affect like the development of their brain, the and different muscles in the body, including your heart, as well as liver and kidneys. So we need iodine. It's a really big deal. And actually iodine levels have been going down a lot over the last 20 to 30 years. So we've got um, a pretty big deficiency in this country. And more, I think it's upwards of 95% or so of people that have been, um, there's several studies that I've seen with this, that when testing people, about 95% or more people are actually iodine deficient when tested. So, um, you know, it is, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big issue. I mean, it's definitely, a, definitely a higher likelihood that you're deficient than not. But the great thing is, is with this iodine patch test that you can do on yourself, you can quickly figure that out. And if, if, you know, you know, if you need to, to supplement or not, and if you learn that you don't need to supplement, then you don't have to worry about it. But, um, you know, a lot of things like like the, we talked about the chlorine and bromine, but also fluoride, fluoride will decrease your iodine um, in your body. It uh, causes a deficiency. And that's a really big deal because if you're drinking any kind of um, municipal water, it's all fluorinated. So um, kids especially that are drinking that water um, through whatever sources, they're getting all that fluoride. When you take your kids to the dentist, you know, we definitely do not do fluoride treatments on our kids. This is another issue. Yeah. So, I mean, it can cause, there's all kinds of things that it can cause and all kinds of reasons you do not want to have an iodine deficiency. It's, it's really important to make sure that, that you have uh, good levels of iodine. But to answer the question of, you know, could I be mineral full, she said, is specifically in the case of iodine, you know, you don't have to worry about having too much, especially if you're doing this, um, this tincture on your skin, because as soon as that patch stays without fading for 24 hours, then you know you're good. And then you can just uh, stop doing it. And I would just suggest doing that little patch test every so often to see kind of where you are. So just to just to just to recap all of this again, I would say you really, really, really need to focus on digestion. Number one, in this particular instance, and in pretty much every instance, focus on digestion. You need to make sure that you are getting the proper minerals and vitamins that your body needs to be able to build this digestion and and 
and help this. You also need a lot of these different things for cofactors that are involved in detoxification. So for your liver to be able to detox, you need all these amino acids that are in the protein. So if you're not breaking down protein, then your liver literally will just not be able to uh, properly go through phase two detoxification. And that can be a real problem. So one of the first most practical steps you can do is start making and drinking your own bone broth. It has all these amino acids in it. It has all these amazing vitamins and minerals that you need, and you can absorb them because you don't have to go through the digestive process to do it. So you can start immediately supplementing your body with that without even having to worry about the, the digestive process. Secondly, I would start uh, working on your hydrochloric acid production. Start maybe with the apple cider vinegar pills or apple cider vinegar and water. See if that helps you. If that doesn't seem to help with the issue, then maybe bump up to some hydrochloric acid um, supplementation that way. You also need to work on, which we're not going to have time to get into this, but you also need to work on your biliary pathways. So your bile flow um, through your uh, gallbladder and your liver. And, you know, we talk about this a lot on the last episode, like I mentioned earlier. So episode number 40, go back and listen to that one if you haven't listened to it yet. And TC really describes a lot about digestion and specifically um, bioflow and things like that. So that'll help you kind of get an idea on that. And then I want to address really quickly, I want to address um, her questions about her menses. So she had this, this delayed period of a, a period of like 13 days, she said late. And so that was concerning. And, and this, again, this ties into the issues that, um, you know, when you have digestive issues, if you have digestive issues, you are most certainly going to start having some impacts on your, um, on your hormones, which of course is going to impact your periods and how that happens. So, um, one of the biggest issues is leaky gut. So if you have digestive issues and the food is not getting broken down properly, then this food can end up causing what's called uh, leaky gut syndrome, which you probably have heard a lot about this type of stuff. Uh, about this now it's kind of out there and even in the mainstream medical world they're starting to talk about this um so basically it can it can lead to autoimmune diseases it can lead to um to to food sensitivities and issues with food it can lead to headaches and migraines and depression and there's all these kinds of things that this leads to but um, not being able to properly break down your food and this undigested food moving through your digestive tract in that manner is is really bad um, for your digestion. So, and, and having gut issues like this does mess with your hormone levels. Specifically, one of the biggest issues is estrogen. So um, when you have leaky gut or you have these digestive issues, um, estrogen is supposed to be, these estrogen metabolites are supposed to be escorted out of your body because we don't want them to stay in there. But when we have this leaky gut issue, they end up staying in circulation and this causes problems, um, mostly like an estrogen dominance issue. And that's a problem. I've talked about it on this, on this show before you can go back and find, I don't know exactly which episode that was, but I talked about how important it is that our estrogen and our progesterone are, um, have they're in this delicate balance and they need to stay in that delicate balance or we start having these issues happen and one of the things that we'll see right away is this um, menstrual dysfunction 
and we'll start seeing things like that happen. We'll start seeing um, maybe fat uh, deposits increasing. So we'll start feeling we're gaining weight. Um, we can get uh, fluid retention. So those types of things. And it's also super important. Digestion is really important. We were talking about thyroid with iodine and a part of the conversion of, of the T4 thyroid hormone into the active T3 occurs in your gut. So if you don't have good digestion and you don't have a healthy gut, then that could also be a the thyroid hormone, which um, the conversion there, which is can be a really big problem, and um, especially if you've got low iodine levels. So, just basically, I guess I just want to make sure that that we kind of that I was kind of tying these things together for you, for the listeners, um, and and just being able to say that you know I don't think it's a coincidence that all, that she's kind of experiencing all these things at the same time, I think things have like kind of come to a head and, um, and, and this is what is now manifesting. That makes sense. Well, I know we're, uh, I guess out of time for today, but I guess the parting words for everybody on this is, uh, from my layman's perspective is make sure the digestion's under control. If Mm -hmm. you want to make sure you're uh, advancing all your health goals there. Uh, Well, uh, hopefully I can make it next time and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, kind of see how it goes. Yeah, I really hope so. I love it when you're on here with me and um, I get to record these with you. If you guys want to reach out to me, you can feel free to do so. You can go to my website, www.jessicatai.com. You can send me an email, jessica at jessicatai.com. I am on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Nutrition, and on Instagram at thatketoblonde. And I did just want to say something real quick here. Um, I am currently not accepting one-on-one clients right now. Um, My schedule is full. And so I've got all of the clients that I can handle at this time. I am starting a wait list, however. I've already started that. So if you would like your name on my waiting list, go ahead and reach out to me. Let me know and I'll get you on there. I'm thinking I'll probably have some spots opening up uh, this summer, maybe July, August, that I can start um, contacting people and going ahead and, and taking clients on again at that time. Any so, other thing from that you'd like to say, Derek? So if somebody wants to have a hands-on um, NTP experience in another city, yeah. so I'm assuming you can refer out. Yes, and to... I do have um, many colleagues, many NTPs all over the country, guys, that are in, that I can refer you to. So like Jennifer said, you know, if she wasn't, she said, if I wasn't a thousand miles away, I would have you do that. Well, when I, I, most of the people I coach are not local. So, you know, we can do nutritional evaluations without putting our hands on you, but the functional evaluation part of it is, is amazing. And it can help us not have to do the guessing game. You know, we can, we can drill it down to some pretty close things uh, remotely just by the in-depth things that we do with you guys uh, through the paperwork and whatnot. But if we can get our hands on you and do these functional evaluations and this lero- the lingual neurotesting, we can drill it down. It's a science. I mean, we can go right to the problem. So uh, that's a beautiful thing to do. So if you are interested in doing that and you would like more of the hands-on stuff, you want somebody to do that for you, um, feel free to reach out to me and I will absolutely set you up with with an NTP in your area. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do in our real estate business. I mean, I get people all over the world that say, hey, I want you to sell me a house in Spain or west side of California. 
And fortunately, I have uh, referral partners all, all over the, the world. world. So yeah. if someone contacts me, and I've got it happening like today. Hey, we're moving out of town. Who do you know in this area? I hook them up with the best yeah. quality person I can in that Absolutely. city. So, uh, and I know you can do the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. I just so, wanted to make sure because I don't think we've ever talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we haven't. So that's a really good point. Yeah. And I, I know some really, really awesome girls and guys that are uh, NTPs or NTPs in the making that will be NTPs in the next few weeks. And um, I'm telling you guys what they know what we practice is really amazing stuff so um yeah so thanks for listening guys i hope that that helped um today and i really look forward to talking to you all next week keep the questions coming if you want me to cover them on the podcast i'm very happy to do so jennifer's question was a great uh made for hopefully a great podcast episode so keep them coming guys all right have a great week and we'll talk to you next time bye bye go leave mommy a five-star review Thanks for listening to my mommy and daddy.